0: Well, welcome to anyone who's new here tonight. Thanks, Cena. Um, welcome on along. There's um, tea and drinks, and if you're quick, <laughs> there's some cake too uh, that's up there. So, <laughs> so welcome, welcome along, guys. Hope you uh, really enjoy tonight. And if if you can, I really encourage you to go online and download, have a listen to the series that we've been speaking on through Ephesians. And I really encourage you, it'll, it'll make sense perhaps and join together what, what we're delivering tonight. Uh, we've just been running a series right through the whole year, so there's plenty there to listen to and to chew on, but welcome along. Oh, I know. S- spillage in the pickle aisle.
1: It's all right. This one, please. This cup runs
0: over. This morning it was wine. Tonight it's water. Yeah. yeah, the songs, it's neat how, how the Lord's working. You know, two, two songs, like one that I'd asked for and one that I didn't know was going to be there. It says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. And, and you've just been uh, saved the indignity of me singing that. Um, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Sometimes we can sing the words of the song and not actually understand perhaps what we just sang. And we, we talk, you know, Lord, I give you, this, this song is particularly um, special to me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And we understand, you know, through Scripture these, that our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, something that we're going to touch on tonight. Our mind, our will, and our emotions, you know. And the song that, um, Lord, I give you my heart. Most of us, I think, if we're real, we, we, we stuck, stick on that point. Because it's so big, I give you my heart. But scripture, and we'll, we'll touch on it quite clearly, shows there's another aspect that he, he wants to deal with within us. Our mind, our soul. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. When I was singing that years ago, when we were back in Taronga, then he said, really? Do you mean it? I mean, it's, it's, it's good and it's not so good. When God asks you a question. You know, and I think, well, now I'm backed into a corner because what am I going to say? No? (laughs) You know? And it's like, well, Lord, I want to. If I don't, I want to want to. At that very least, I really do want to. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my soul. I want to give you my (laughs) all. Ah, okay, that means all. Well, Lord, I do. You know, and from then, he said, okay, we'll work on that. That's enough. And so trusting him. But he gives us all something. And uh, just want to touch on something t- tonight, or just listen to some It's a clip that's stuck with me um, since I very first heard this. It's a group called Isaac Ever- Everett. the whole lot of comedy scripts, uh, skits. It's only about three minutes long. It's quite short. Um, but it really brings home a point about something that he gives us. Here we got it.
1: Let's see if I can just squeeze this one in here. And oh, that one's sticking out. Maybe if I lift this. Oh, now the door won't close. Oh yeah, this, this should do it. Oh, me. me. Uh, c- come on, go in there. Me. There. Me. Uh, here, here I am.
2: Oh, King me, I- I've been looking for you. Yeah,
1: I just had a project I was working on. No problem. Uh, what can I do for you, King of Kings? Well, uh,
2: what project were you working on?
1: Oh, oh, it's nothing. Just a hobby. You know, something for my spare time. I'm finished, though. Now, what's up? Well, could I see it? See what? Your hobby. Oh, well, uh, you know, it's a funny thing. <laughs> but uh,
2: I can't remember where I put it. It wouldn't interest you anyway. King me, I care about everything you're into. I'll help you find it. No. Why?
1: Well, I don't know why, but...
2: uh, Why are you standing in front of that door? uh, What door? That door. Oh, oh, you mean this door. King me, I've been in every room in the kingdom, but I've never seen inside that one. Uh, It's just an old closet. that probably can't even open it. It's so old. Well, let me try.
1: Uh, uh, (laughs) Uh-oh.
2: King me, what are these? What are what? These
1: uh they're thrones. What?
2: Thrones, you know, little chairs. Oh, yeah. I've never seen so many. D- did you make them? Yeah. Let's see. What's this one? Uh, uh music? It motivates me.
1: Besides, Renaissance disco keeps me in shape. I do it for pure athletic reasons. A-
2: and look at these. Pleasure, wisdom, <laughs> habits. Queen?
1: Yeah. A king needs a queen! Why
2: don't you let me take care of that? Look, King of Kings, you don't know my type. I gotta play the field, make sure I get the right one. King me, King Me, so many little thrones in your empire and and this one. Spare time. Now look, I work hard all day
1: long letting you rule, but when I got some spare time, I wanna relax. I got the right to sit on my throne at least in my spare time. It's not going to hurt anyone. Nobody's around. Nothing's going on. Do you have the right? Well, I guess. Well, I should
2: have the right. After all, don't you want me to have fun? I want you to have joy. Fun is temporal. Joy is from within your very heart. Unquenchable. There's more I have for you than you'll ever know. Well, give it to me and I'll throw out the thrones. Well, some of them. King me, I can't do much more in this kingdom unless you obey and yield to my instruction.
1: Yeah, you're right. I'm blowing it. King of kings, I'm sorry. I've been compromising, ashamed of you, selfish, stubborn, and disobedient. I want to do better. Is there any way I can make it up to you? I mean, for all the trouble I've caused.
2: Oh, King me. Your broken, repentant heart is the greatest gift you could ever give me.
1: Hmm. I've been kind of foolish.
2: Reverencing me is the beginning of wisdom. And so, King Mii totally surrendered and gave King of Kings uncontested rule of the kingdom, a decision he never regretted. King Me began to see revival like he'd never imagined. But he always remembered, revival must first start within your own kingdom.
0: You know, we heard this morning, Noel just delivered such a a beautiful message this morning about the glory and where that's residing. And it was really challenging for me as I was listening to that and and seeing and recognizing what the Lord's been speaking to me about, particularly since, you know, Greg asked us, oh, would you speak on this? I said, oh, yeah, okay. And from that moment, and because of the prayer that we prayed, that's Lord, we want I want this to be a living word, not just a word that I've taken from the scriptures and by my intellect pulled this together because uh, it probably wouldn't be so great anyway. But I want it to be something that's living and alive in me. And so he started pretty much as soon as I said yes. And uh, it, it's interesting the way I look back at it now. And as the things that started to happen around me that were happening to me, Things that I thought were fine here Were suddenly being brought straight up And they were challenging here What I thought how this should look How this should be Completely different to what was actually Playing out in my life The scripture we're going to look at tonight is in, f- Starting from Eph- in, Well, One of the scriptures we we'll look at Ephesians 6.17 If you want to turn to Ephesians Have a look I better start this because I'm under strict orders here, whereas we're talking about the, um, the taking the armor of God, it says, "Put on the full or the whole armor of God." <clears throat> it's not bits and pieces; it's the whole armor of God. You know, I don't know, if you're anything like me. Use, I tend to hear things literally So I start trying to take these literal things And, and uh, apply them literally When they're often figurative Greg spoke the other morning He said something about us looking to uh, Wanting to give away uh, finances And then he said Keep your ear to the ground And let us know if you've got anything Nobody walked in the next Sunday With their ears all along the ground Everybody knew that that was a f- figure of speech but yet when it comes to the scriptures, often we will t- look at that and we'll start to take some literal application. or some, you know, <laughs> This is what was taught to me years ago. I'd be strapping on externally this, somehow prayerfully, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. And I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go, putting on the shoes, the preparation of the gospel – It's all external stuff. I'd put on the helmet of salvation and have the shield of truth. And so start doing these sort of actions that were kind of external, missing the very point of what the Lord spoke to us when he said, and he started at the beginning of his ministry, which he was preaching the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and telling us quite literally the kingdom of God is in so all this work, this action that's going to take place is going to happen in here, just like on that skit. Revival is going to happen in the kingdom, this one. That required this surrendered posture. And so there's a battle that takes place here and here with what the heart desires and what the uh, the mind is wrestling against. And so we have to decide that we're going to actually Uh, Make a choice. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. As for me and my household, this house. I know he was speaking for his children, but we need to start first with this house, this tent. I will serve the Lord. I will follow after him at the cost of all my other thrones. And part of that comes down to will I trust the one Who's saying, "Give me your trust"? And so, one Peter, one thirteen, says, "You know, we heard Greg talk about gird up your loins." Says, "Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, and hope to the end for the grace, for the power." that is to be brought unto you into the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, the, the girding, no one here girds up their loins. Whoever does that, everyone wears you know, clothes for this entry. But girding up the loins was taking a, often there was a robe that was pulled up and around. It ended up looking a bit like a, a, an oversized nappy, but it was pulled up tight up through your legs so that your legs were now exposed for a reason that you're ready for action. You can either work or you can fight. Or in one case we hear about a guy um, powered by the Spirit of God set himself to running and outran the chariot. But the point is that girding up your mind ready for action, there's something that's going to take place that you need to be ready and prepared for, but you're not going to be able to do it in your own strength. Something else has to take place. So let's take the helmet of salvation. Salvation. And with it, which someone else is going to speak to, is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the God. But we need to take this helmet of salvation. I was going to bring a helmet or get some pictures of it, but I don't want that to be the last, you know, the impression that's there because that's external. This is internal. When we hear about the full armor of God, we hear about Jesus Christ. That song we talked about there, um, Yeshua. The words that were used in here. For salvation, at derivatives are all closely linked to it, is Yeshua, salvation. So we take Jesus, the helmet, Jesus, who's within us. This is what was confronting me at work. I mean, this this whole message has been quite different for me. Because he's, the Lord said to me, I said, Well, how am I going to prepare for this? I don't want to just start looking up. He says, Go and start reading first and second Peter. Okay, and now I'm going to walk you through some stuff, and all this this helmet of salvation, which is Christ alive within me, was now confronted because what I thought was Christ alive in me turned out to look a lot more like Paul than Jesus. Ooh, that was a bit harsh, Lord. So, the salvation the that he's talking about, the renewing of our minds. It's something that's outworking. Now, when we um, were born again, we're born again into the kingdom of God. From what position? Where were we before we are born again? What does the Bible say we are? Yeah, and how much alive are we? We're dead. It says, while you are yet dead in the trespasses and sins, Christ loved you. And it was him who came to save you. That a dead man doesn't do anything, but he needs something. He says, I'm not going to just doctor you up, I'm going to give you a new heart. So the new heart is placed in us, which is a heart to turn to him, because we were all born with original sin, which is separated from him. So we now need to be brought close to him. So he gives us a new heart in which he says that I'm going to write my law, the law of love. On your heart, but it doesn't just stop there um, let's just have a look at where's my verse hebrews ten sixteen which which comes out of jeremiah thirty one thirty three The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this first, he says. This is the covenant. We heard, we looked at that this morning as uh, Noel put those two uh, uh, that table up with the two columns and spoke about what's in the new covenant. This is this new covenant which is contained in there. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. This helmet of salvation is something that is taking place with Christ that's worked within me, writing it in my mind. My heart, he says, I've given you a new heart. Now to the heart flow the issues of the life. That's why we've heard we need to guard our heart. It's a breastplate of righteousness, which is Jesus Christ uh, imputed to me, given to me. But, and I need to guard that because there's something that's at enmity with the work of the spirit is the work of the flesh. And the mind is a bit that's battling with this. And as, uh, um, as I was looking at this, the, the scriptures that he started to lead me to, and it speaks about um, what's happening in my mind and why am I not surrendering, why am I fighting, why am I battling with this? And it comes back to that question of King me and the thrones when the Lord was asking, will you give me your heart Will you give me your soul? Well, you have my heart. Yes, but what's the rest? What's the rest of it? Your mind. You're still trying to work this all out. And the more that I've been hearing this message that's coming, the more I've heard what he's been declaring over the last few years here, the more I've been realizing I actually can't do this. I'm going to have to let go and surrender my mind, my mind, my will, and my emotions the soul that we want to, that he's looking for us to be a saved body soul and spirit for that great day of his return that means my mind needs to be renewed in him and we know we've heard the message talks about the transformation the metamorphosis of our mind is where he is writing his laws in my mind so that I would end up having exposed within me that it would be proving the will of God and showing and revealing to others that I have the mind of of Christ. This is why this helmet of salvation, which is an internal reality, has to be built within me. It's not something that I can build from an external effort. If I study more, if I sing more, best if I do that on my own, if I pray harder. Now all of these things are things that uh, I might be involved in, that in a posture with him, but the the key part is the surrender of my heart and allowing him to do that in me and to rest in him. Now, there's some actions that he gives us, and two Peter uh, um, Peter reveals that to us. But one of the things that's that struck me about this trusting can I trust that God is going to do this? And I was thinking about. Um, in Ephesians, it says, You know, husband, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. And he goes on to say, For no man hates his own body, he nourishes it and feeds it, looks after it. But he spoke to me about not really. There are plenty who do not love themselves and that there's a a struggle that goes on in the mind because the mind operating in the fleshly nature not being renewed is wrestling with what the Spirit is telling, the new heart is saying, the message that we heard this morning, the righteousness that you are brought into, the glory that you actually are in, well, I, I don't feel like that, mind, will, emotions. I don't understand that, so I can't be reality. And so I start looking for external things to try and renew or to fix what's hungry in my mind to give me uh, um, a sense of identity or something that I can trust in. This thing here, the Mona Lisa, for those that are looking on the the CD, (laughs) is the Mona... (laughs) Oh, that's really old, isn't it? I was going to say tape, but that's even older. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, download it on the <laughs> uh, podcast. There you go. Um, it's the Mona Lisa. What's its worth? It's on a, painted on a piece of wood. It's not actually a canvas, but a bit of wood. It's, it's about 77 centimetres by 56 centimetres, something like that. It's got some paint on it. I don't know, let's see the say the piece of wood's worth about twenty bucks. The paint and paintbrushes, I don't know, twenty fifty bucks. Labor, maybe a day's labor, three hundred bucks. So I'll say about three seventy. Three seventy. You're doing well if you could buy that for three seventy. Do you know what it's it's valued at? Eight hundred million. 800 million how is it that that thing can be worth 800 million dollars what what (laughs) (laughs) thanks Warren (laughs) what gives it what gives it that value yeah and why is he going to pay that it's only one of them and who painted it tell you now here's a clue it wasn't me (laughs) It wouldn't wouldn't look like that (laughs) You know And so so this external um, force if you like Gives it that value We can't see it We can't see him But there's a value that's placed on it Way far and above The actual contents of that What about you? There you go You're actually worth about five bucks If we break you down into your components Magnesium, chloride, (laughs) nitrogen, (laughs) calcium You're about 60% oxygen Back in 1 Peter Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is 1 Peter 3. In his great mercy has given to us new birth, born again, remember, there's a new heart that's been placed in us, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade, kept in, kept in heaven for you. Man, I would encourage you to, to take these scriptures even if it's just First Peter, the first half of it, and meditate on those words, on what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Let Him teach you what He's what has just been said there. Um, kept in heaven for you, who through the uh, who through faith are shielded by can you that? that you're shielded by God's power Hallelujah. until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. So it's a salvation that you're in now and a salvation that is to be revealed, the actual substance of what you actually are in right now. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have suffered grief and all kinds of trials. These have come, that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes. Whoever thought of gold Perishing. Gold's used in space shuttles and high-tech computer gear and sound systems because of its conductivity and it doesn't oxidise easily and doesn't perish. And that's why it has, and it's rarity, it has a a tremendous uh, value to it. Gold which perishes. A little reminder that everything's going to perish and burn up, but anyway. Um, uh, Even though refined by fire, May be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Not only when Jesus Christ is revealed on that great day of His return, but as I'm discovering, as I was praying and as seeking, Lord, about the um, putting on this helmet of salvation, which remember comes equipped with the whole armor of God, the belt of truth. Remember that we had to be gird up your minds with the belt of truth, with the belt of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. I'm girding up my mind, ready for action, feeding on him, listening, being taught, receiving from the Holy Spirit in my mind, ready for action with truth. Having the gospel of God. Scripture talks about the the gospel. We think of the gospel, good news, Jesus Christ saved me. It's a gospel of God that he's given to us. It's good news because of what this um, great promises that he gives for, for me, for you, which is eternity in and with him, to rule and reign with him, that he's looking for those who will be one with him. He's looking for his bride. I have the breastplate of righteousness on, the righteousness not of my own, but of Jesus Christ that's been imparted to me. Remember, I'm talking about the helmet of salvation, but it doesn't stand alone. It comes with the whole all right, the whole armour of God. The ho- I didn't get a piece of Jesus. I didn't get his toenail. All right? I didn't get some little bit of him that was discarded because that's all I'm worth. He gives me himself. Jumping straight through to verse 17. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your life as strangers here, in reverent fear, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were uh, redeemed from the empty way uh, handed down to you from your forefathers, but with pre- with the precious blood of Christ. Going back to the Mona Lisa, there's something else, there's something external just to just the paint and the constituent parts of what made it uh, to be a painting was the guy who actually painted it gives it the value and the one who created me who created you gives you your value your, you can't put a price on you there there's no amount of money can buy you you have been bought and paid for purchased by the blood of the savior this precious blood of christ far more valuable than gold and silver. So when I started to realise that this is how he sees me, why should I see myself as this? Oh, well, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. But I can lay hold of a greater truth that says, actually, no, you say that I'm seated in the heavenlies. We heard that. Speaking about um, uh, the faith that we're to have. Faith has found its sight, of seeing where He's placed you and me seated in the heavenlies. This faith is rising up within me. Now, remember, we said that the um, the spirit and the mind are at enmity against each other. The the mind of the flesh. You know, Greg's been has uh, said that he's been accused of not being a mind guy. It's all about the heart which he's quite clearly said, that is not, I am all about a mind guy. Absolutely, it's the mind of Christ, the renew mind. So that when we take the helmet of salvation, Christ himself, him doing the work within me, this is what starts to change me. When I'm facing this, these, um, I don't want to go into too much detail, just in case somebody I know hears this when I am facing the issues that I'm facing and that I, I recognize what's happening within my mind, is I'm, I now have this choice. Am I going to choose to operate from the kingdom of the flesh or am I going to operate from the kingdom of God? It's the beautiful thing is that he's given us the Holy Spirit who resides within us. One of the things that, the, that are most surprising to me is that the Holy Spirit would would hang around here. You say that God can't be where sin is. And yet He's stuck with me. But He brings conviction to, the, to, to me. You know, the sword of the Spirit that divides between the soul and this and the Spirit. And it's it's um, searching the intent of the heart. So that when that is then brought to my mind and goes. Which way? Here's the intent of the heart. I'm showing you. I reside within you, and I'm showing you the mind of Christ and the mind of Paul, the mind of the world, the way of the flesh. Which one will you choose? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so until there's a renewing that's taking place, and I have to remember that I surrender, I choose you, Lord. Lord. And allow the work of the Spirit to take place. As He's doing this, you know, um, Peter says to, and uh, two Peter it says to, add to your faith. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness and to goodness knowledge, the true knowledge of God. Self control, to self control perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. This is where he really the rubber meets the road, as I'm facing these issues, and I'm, I know what's residing within here, the ones to rise up and then defend self. God is so gracious because when that does happen, he's still speaking to me. "You're my son. You know I'm just watching my grandchildren. I grow up and recognize. You know, we can see it. Someone said to me once: says, "As it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual." Have eyes to see it. Why would you, as a father or grandfather, ah, oh, stupid child? I don't. I understand where the children are at. They need some freedom to play with the rocks and jam their fingers and realize that hurts. But they need the guidance that says, okay, playing with little stones and rocks is one thing, playing with that sharp knife is another, so I'm going to take that away from you. You know, I'm going to actually lead you and guide you so that you can mature into who you, the full person that you can be. Why can I not see that that is what God is doing for me? In these circumstances as it rise up and I'd want to either fight them or flee from them, rather than the very thing that I know that God, my heavenly Father, who sees the faith that he's given me of much greater value than anything that I can get out of this world, needs to be formed in me. Remember, Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He didn't just get a free gift card. He had to walk this walk as a man just like you and I do. So I need to learn these things. And now that I've, I've, my eyes are being opened wider, remember Paul prayed in Ephesians that we'd receive the, the power of God, that we would know the love of God. And when we know the love of God, we can understand and accept what he's doing for us is for our good, not for our destruction. So that rather than fight for my righteousness, fight for my standing and fight for my place, or running, going, oh, I'm going to find somewhere else I can get that, I'll actually embrace it and say, all right, Lord, this is not pleasant. I don't particularly like it, but I'm recognizing that something is going in here. My heart is tuned to you and is being called by you. My mind is wrestling with this. But you have revealed to me your great love for me. I no longer have to fight for my identity. I know my worth. I know my value. You've revealed that to me. I'm accepting, Lord, your armor, Jesus Christ within me. This that's coming against me, it cannot take me out. I need to surrender to you and find now the wisdom of God to walk through this. And as you're doing that, Lord, you're renewing my mind. And I trust you. I trust you in every... I sung it, and Lord, I mean it. This is where some of the the scriptures that we read really, they really come home for us. Do we believe this or not? In 2 Peter 1, 3-4, he reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge. That's the precise and correct knowing of God, not our version of it. His revealed or revelation of himself, of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires." One of the things I was thinking about is we're putting on this armor and have on this this helmet thing about it externally going on. When the when the rubber hits the road and uh, all the nasties start to happen, and I, I might think, oh, it's the devil, and on the outside trying to fight him off might just get a on the shoulder. You're not supposed to be on the inside. <laughs> You're supposed to be on the outside of the armour. And yet we find that James talks about um, you know, we can't be tempted by God, but we're led astray by our own evil desires that reside within us. That's why the armour of God is not external, it's internal. Because remember, it's Jesus Christ who resides within us. The truth is that with that surrendering to him, allowing Christ actually to rule within the kingdom, those external issues that would come at us or have been coming at me, recognize that actually you say, Lord, that in the whole armor of God we get this shield. The shield of faith is to extinguish the fiery darts, the attacks of the enemy then I don't need to worry about what he's doing. If I've got the faith, my eyes need to be fixed on you and allowing you to do that work in me so I have confidence in the one who loves me. Lord, renew me. Renew my mind. Is that our emergency? Nobody leave the room. (laughs) It's all good. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. we got we got a few moments left. <laughs> um. So just bringing it right back in that's that that we're realizing that it's Christ within us is the one that who gives us the strength that we can now stand and withstand against the attacks of the enemy. And in that, remember, we can't be tempted by God. We're tempted by our own evil desires that reside within us. So that those desires once released to him, oh, there is no evil desire. That's the beauty of Christ ruling and reigning within, having the mind of Christ formed within me. Jesus had to be tempted in every way that you and I are tempted. Think about it. Every way that mankind is tempted, I mean it might take slightly different form because we 're in two thousand and eighteen, but it 's the same issue of the heart that is being tempted. He had to be tempted just like you and me, but he who knew no sin, having been made perfect, that means he had to, he wasn 't imperfect to start with his perfection was shown by the fact that he didn 't succumb to the temptation that he now gives us. That ability. So we don't have to be the ones who are struggling with sin. This is what the, the maturing process brings us in with the mind of Christ, is that I no longer actually have to be tempted by sin or to give in to the temptation. The temptation can still be there. But you, you cannot tempt me with um, Brussels sprouts, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> it is just not going to tempt me. Because there's something in me that actually just doesn't want it. And so, so it is with, the, um, with the, the things of life that as these things come at us, because they're in the world, you can't, you can't even go into the dairy without something actually confronting you. But it's no longer a confrontation. It's no longer a temptation because there's something that's actually taken place within. There's a transformation that's taking place. The helmet of salvation is the mind of Christ formed within me. That I can lay hold of it and walk right past that stuff. Now, there may be other things, as the Lord is showing me through the situations that He's bringing up to me, that there's still a maturing process that is ongoing. I'm taking you deeper into me, son. You asked me to, so I'm going to. Yeah, that's fine, Lord. I trust you. You're giving me sight, you're giving me faith to enable me to actually walk deeper into you and not be afraid but to embrace what you're doing. So I pray that as you think about these things, as you dialogue tonight, this evening, as you look at the questions, as you look at some of these scriptures that that are written down, I really do encourage you, have a look at at 1 and 2 Peter. They're not very long books. Read them. I I thought, well, I'll just read straight through them. I, I didn't get past the first two. (laughs) <laughs> the first two verses. Before. Oh, my goodness. But just to meditate. Now, one of the things that we we really encouraging here is for you not to come here. Last night, we had the most amazing meal. Um, there was a brisket that was cooked from about 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and it was just slowly um, smoked all day long. It was beautiful. There was steak that was cooked. There was lamb that was cooked. There was beautiful salads that people had brought. The, um, the, just the spread that was there was just amazing. I ate it, and it, I tell you, the, the flavours, they're incredible. Now, no matter how much I explain it to you, I ate it. It does a work in my body. It builds me up. No matter how much I tell you about it, you'll not receive any nourishment from the, the food that I ate. So we really want to be encouraging you as you're listening tonight to be eating of him and to be able to take the scriptures and meditate on them, read them, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and digest it yourself because then you're going to be receiving the benefit of what you're eating. Walk closely with one another. Be in discipleship. Be in submission to to leaders. Be in fellowship so that you're not a lone wolf. And as you're eating And digesting, Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, eat of him, that he can form a substance within you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I think Rochelle's passed around the the questions, so feel free to dialogue away.